0: You're listening to episode 49 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today is a brief episode to honour Speech Pathology Awareness Week. The theme for 2020 is communicating with confidence. So, today, what I'm going to cover is really just first up giving you a very quick overview of what a speech pathologist is and help you understand a little more about what a communication disability is. And then, I want to launch into sharing with you my top 10 tips to nurture confident communicators. Now, just before I launch into all that, I do want to share something really quickly about confidence generally. I was reflecting on this and I feel like a bit of an exchange I had with my son the other night could provide a little bit of an example that speaks to confidence generally. Because I think broadly speaking to some degree, when I look at confidence, I feel like at times it can directly correlate to the level of confidence that we might have in ourselves. And that's obviously going to depend on the context or the environment. That we're in or that we're required to communicate in. So to share a brief few moments I had with my son the other evening. So I went to his room to say good night and he was having some quiet time, you know, looking at books. And when I went to say good night, he said, oh, mum, before I go to sleep, can you give me some pluses to do? And what he was meaning there is, can I give him some addition equations? Because he loves doing maths. So he handed me some paper and a pencil And so I did. I started writing up some equations for him and he said, oh, don't give me minuses. And I asked why. And he said, oh, I find subtraction hard. To which I responded, "Mm, are you not feeling confident with subtraction right now? And he shook his head. And I asked him, well, how do you think you might become more confident with subtraction? And he knew immediately because he looked at me smiling and he said, practice. And I said, absolutely, practice is going to make you more confident with any skill. So I guess in essence, you know, no matter what we're learning, practice and perseverance is going to allow for progress, you know, of course, with that right guidance and teaching. And often when in day to day with my children or working within mentoring, coaching relationships, I often will observe a couple of things here. I will observe a want to run away from the learning curve or you know, a want to move toward the learning curve. And sometimes I'll bring that option up with those that I work with or with my children in that I say, well, you can run away from the learning or you can run toward it. But which option is going to result in progress? So ultimately, the mindset and the opportunities for practice do play a key role in building confidence in anything, and that does include communication. So let me launch in and share with you some facts about speech pathology in honor of Speech Pathology Awareness Week, and then I'll get into the top 10 tips to nurture confident communication in kids. So for those of you who are new to chat about children or relatively new to chat about children, I have been a speech and language pathologist now for over 20 years, having had the privilege of working with thousands of children and their families to support their communication development. And this is both at oral and at written communication levels for a variety of purposes. And in 2006, I founded Talking Heads Speech Pathology Clinics in Sydney, Australia. And these are basically clinics that provide a speech pathology service to individuals of all ages. So Speech Pathology Week and Speech Pathology Awareness. Basically, we want to promote the speech pathology profession and the work done by speech pathologists with the 1.2 million Australians who have a communication disability. Speech Pathology Week basically runs from the 23rd to the 29th of August. As mentioned earlier, the theme for this year is communicating with confidence. And certainly this year with the coronavirus pandemic, it has highlighted the challenges faced by Australians with communication disability. As we all know, communication is a basic human right and Speech Pathology Week seeks to make Australians aware of this. Now, as speech pathologists, we do work to ensure that everyone can communicate with confidence. And it is really important that the broader community does understand that communication disability is largely invisible. It can be unseen and out of sight. And more confident communication does help to maximise educational, health and social outcomes. And of course, communication is more than just speech. So in terms of communication disability and communication access, well basically communication disability affects a person's ability to understand and be understood by others and the levels of limitation range from mild to profound and can be temporary or last a lifetime. Children and older people make up the majority of people with communication disability and children are more likely to have profound or severe communication disability than older people we want to consider that one in seven people with communication disability need formal assistance with communication and half of all the people who do need formal assistance with communication have an unmet need for this assistance. So there is a lot of scope, awareness, compassion, understanding that really needs to occur when we are considering people within our communities with communication disability. So just to round off a few basics on what a speech pathologist does or the areas that we work on. Very quickly, speech pathologists work on a hugely broad range of areas. Now, this can include language, so the ability to understand and process language and also use language to express oneself. We also, within language, look at things like social language skills and play skills and play development. There's also areas we work on, such as feeding and swallowing Voice, speech sounds, speech fluency, as well as pre-literacy. So they're the skills that kids need before or that help them learn how to read, write, and spell, and also literacy, so the ability to be able to read, spell, and write appropriately. So there's just a hugely wide array of areas that speech pathologists do work on. So just a few quick tips on successful communication, and you know when we are interacting with someone who does have a communication difficulty, Please do understand that there are many ways to communicate. If you are communicating with someone when you are having difficulty understanding them, have a go at asking that person yes or no questions just to aid your understanding. Make sure that you are understood and also check with the person that you have understood them correctly. If you have asked a question, wait for that person to reply and give them time to respond. So always be patient. And the other big tip is to speak normally. So there's no need for you to raise your voice or slow your speech when interacting with someone that does have a communication difficulty. Okay, so moving on to my tips for raising confident communicators. So as mentioned at the start, to feel confident at anything. It takes opportunities for practice. And with our kids, ideally, we want them to be practicing in a safe context when you might be close by, but not doing it all for them. Now, obviously, in the school environment, there are opportunities to practice communicating within various contexts there. So there's the ability to practice those social language skills on the playground and also in the classroom, you know, when it comes to asking and answering questions as well as using communication to explain, to persuade and to present information. And this can be in a small group environment, in front of the class or even in front of a school. So there are some great opportunities for practicing communication within that school environment in lots of different contexts. So at home and in the day to day, Let's get into some tips here because obviously that forms a nice connection and basis for them to transfer skills across into the school environment and of course within their life skills. So one of the things to make sure of is that you're really considering that mindset does matter. Like it matters in lots of things in life and of course it also matters when it comes to communication and confident communication. So my first tip is to allow your child the ability to feel okay and comfortable to ask a question if they don't know something and for a child to experience that positively and that's going to happen, of course, you know, in our day-to-day and in the home environment. So encourage your child to ask questions and when they do, acknowledge that it was, you know, it's a good question. That was a great question. Oh, that was an interesting question. Glad you asked that. Like, that's how you learn stuff. Like, there's some of the things or some of the ways that you can acknowledge that when your child does ask a question and specifically reinforce it. So we want to keep kids confident with that habit of asking questions, you know, rather than having them feel like they should know something and then feel anxious because they don't know something. So we really want them to feel or develop that mindset that it's okay. The other thing to, I guess, address with children is to let them know that, you know what, asking questions can take some courage sometimes and it's okay, you know, your being brave can help others to be brave and we just take small steps as we need to. So giving that reassurance, because for a lot of kids, It can be really daunting and anxiety-provoking, you know, the thought of asking a question in class. So if you feel like your child is in that category or you're an educator that no doubt would have children within that category, but, you know, taking those little small steps to build them up to feeling okay with asking a question is really important. So that's tip number one. Tip number two, again, in terms of mindset, making sure that your child feels that it's okay to check that they've understood correctly. So here it's giving them that confidence to if they've heard some information that's been said to them that they have the confidence to firstly have a strategy like you know repeat the information back to themselves or to reword it back to the other person so it could be that you know they're practicing oh can I check that I've understood this right have I got this correct and then they go on and reiterate what they've just heard so I think those kind of top 2 mindset matters are really important. Having your child feel it's okay to ask a question when they don't know something and that it's okay to check that they've understood something correctly. And if they've got those those two it certainly provides a great platform for their learning. Tip number 3, practicing communication in different contexts. So of course, I mean this sounds really obvious. You know, you could consider yourself a super confident communicator in day-to-day, but put you up to speak in front of a large audience in that context, you're like, no, I am not a confident communicator in that context, you know, and it's okay, but you know, it's about developing that awareness as well. And if you had to, you'd look at steps to practice to be able to be more confident in that context. Okay. So how do we use daily life activities to build confident communication? Think about what happens in daily life. You know, it could be that you go to a cafe, that you go to a restaurant. I know it's not happening too much this year, but there are still, you know, orders being placed over the phone for home delivery. Consider having your child making that order, placing that order on behalf of the family. Think about things like going to the supermarket. It could be that you have your child ask a staff member where one of the items is that's on your shopping list so that they're feeling more confident using their communication in the community. Then also at home. Mealtimes are a great opportunity to really practice communication and different ways to communicate. I know it's a challenge to have shared mealtimes, but where you can, just consider what kind of exchanges you can have at mealtime. So one example would be a recount. So talking about what has happened in that day, recounting the sequence of events. And remember, you want to be sharing your recount of the day too, because you're providing that model of language. The other example could be asking and answering various, what we call WH questions. So this is who, what, when, where, why questions. And remember that you're sharing a conversation. It's not an interrogation. And I know that, you know, as parents, it can be I don't know, easy to fall into that interrogation pattern. Like, how was your day? What did you do? Who did you play with? Did you have all your lunch? And it's just like question after question after questions being fired. But that's not necessarily a really natural you know, sample of conversation. So make sure that you're sharing equally conversation and sharing your day, your feelings, your opinions, your thoughts, etc. cetera. The other tip, so tip number four, is using every day for problem solving and using communication to problem solve. So here it's about inviting kids to share their ideas on how to solve a problem. And ways that you can help role model this is when a problem occurs, it doesn't have to be anything major. It can be something quite quite small. You tip over a glass of water, for example. Think out aloud when you're solving that problem. Oh, no, like what can we do now? You know, Do we need a mop? Do we need a napkin? So you might kind of be going through the options and having your child invite them in to give some ideas that they will have too. It's important that your child hears how you process the problems and how you create those options for solutions. And, of course, having them practice this area of, I guess, a life skill is important for them to be able to then apply the problem solving communication within themselves, within their own problems they're trying to solve independently and also later in life or even at school, you know, within a, a team or within group work. So everyday problem solving and using communication around that is tip number four. Moving on to tip number five, use car time. So car time is a fantastic time to communicate and to get your child's opinion on various things. You know, in the car, it could be that usually there's music going on or they might be looking at a book or looking outside, whatever is happening. Use car time to communicate and to also share things and for you to make comments as well about you and your experiences, about what you can see around you. So car time is a wonderful time for quality communication. Number six tip is to language enrich your environment. Now, this can happen really simply and this could be something like using audiobooks. Now, again, car time, this kind of flicks into tip number five. You can use audiobooks in the car or also at home, you know, throughout the day, various occasions. But audiobooks are fantastic for language enrichment. So here, kids are then listening to language being used in a different context. They're listening to lots of new words and new vocabulary and the way sentences are structured and the way words are used. And this is a great role model for them to be able to build their vocabulary and to be able to communicate in a more broad and flexible way. So audiobooks are a wonderful, I'm a big fan of audiobooks, so do look into that as part of the daily routine, as well as, of course, book sharing. Book sharing day to day is, again, a wonderful way to build in life experiences for children that they wouldn't necessarily get in their daily life. And it also has all the other benefits that I kind of mentioned with audiobooks in terms of language enrichment and vocabulary, etc. Moving on to tip number seven, listen and honour what your child is saying. So here, this is really important, I guess, in a sense where it acknowledges and validates your child's communication. And we want to keep them confident and feeling positive about their communication. And I guess feeling that their communication is important and is valued. So it is really important that those little things that we show, even with our body language, does show that we're listening to our children. Now, obviously, this doesn't relate to when you're in the car, but certainly for a lot of us, you're working a lot from home. We could be on the screens a bit more. It's a little thing, like if your child does come up and want to say something or chat to you, that even just turning away, your body turning away from the screen, you're having that eye contact, can really signal all those things I mentioned before, that acknowledgement, that validation, that valuing of what they have to say and and to show with your body how to do that good listening. And that's a wonderful role model of how to do that. So certainly listening and honouring what your child is saying is really important. And together with that, another little tip is things like getting down to the child's level as well. So you can achieve that eye contact and they can really feel like they are being listened to as well. Tip number eight is providing constructive feedback when required. So with communication or really with anything in life, it's helpful to have constructive feedback. So here just being honest, being authentic and being helpful in response to your child's communication. And this is obviously preferred rather than the criticism or over-exaggerated praise um, that may not really be accurate. So it's not about praising a child for something that isn't really accurate. It's more about being constructive with any feedback you have to provide. So it could be just something like, you know, if your child hasn't said something that's absolutely correct, whether it's their grammar or whether it's their speech or whatever it might be, just give them some feedback, provide some modelling. So repeat back what they've said a few times in a conversational way, acknowledge the message they've given you, but then also be helpful in any response. You know, it could be, oh, I didn't quite understand what you said. Can you say it a different way? Or using those yes, no questions as we mentioned earlier and giving any other more specific constructive feedback, depending on what your child has said in the age of the child. Tip number nine is to build self-awareness. Now, this is more about building your child's self-awareness, by the way. And it's really, really important in terms of, yes, their self-awareness with their communication in different contexts, but also when it comes to identifying their emotions and communicating them. So again here it's really important that we are modeling the language that we use to express how we're feeling and that we use lots of different describing words to express our emotions and our feelings. That exposure of all the different words does help our children to be able to, you know, build that emotion vocabulary and use it themselves. And it also is really helpful for, you know, at the time when they're developing that vocabulary for us to respond to them with words that match what they are feeling at the time so it helps them to link okay I'm feeling this and this is the word that goes with it. Certainly being able to communicate and to express emotions with confidence is an essential life skill so I really do want to emphasize that one for you know kids general well-being and you know their interaction skills in life. So, number ten tip is to look at using shared experiences, such as book sharing, or watching a movie, or a TV show, or whatever it is. Share those life experiences to build point of view. So here, it's about discussing how people might be feeling. You know, if you've watched a, a TV show, you might be discussing how people might be feeling about something that's happened. An example was I was watching. A show with my kids the other day and it was a game show and it was a team working together. And, and one of the teammates didn't quite uh, succeed with the first part you know, of this challenge. And you could see by her facial expressions that she was really disappointed and she really felt like she'd let the team down. So as you do, I kind of brought that up as, oh my gosh, like, you know, how would you feel if that happened to you? And I started that conversation with my kids about how would you feel and how did she feel, and you know what do you think the teammates might say. So it's really about using communication to explore feelings and to explore point of view in terms of you know those shared experiences. So watching TV, movies, books, etc., and with that relating your child's personal experiences to that as well. Also within this context, you can use communication then to predict things, what might happen next to as i mentioned earlier use communication or language to solve problems and again these are absolutely essential life skills you know building that empathy using communication to make decisions as well as again important for building and maintaining positive relationships you know generally in life so they are my top 10 tips and i do have a bonus one that i just want to throw in here and that's just that's really just about helping children understand when there has been a communication breakdown and why this has occurred. Now, there's so many examples of communication breakdowns that can happen you know, in our day-to-day and at work, etc. cetera. I think it's a great opportunity to share with children when communication can break down and how it breaks down and ways to repair it. So I just wanted to put that one in there because I think kids can learn so much about that, but often... You know, we might see, and those of you who, I guess, a lot of us working with people, you know, when there's a communication breakdown, it can really impact on someone's understanding or how someone's responded or felt towards something. So I think using those words, I think there was a communication breakdown there. This is what I meant and this is what you, so using those words helps them to understand what has occurred and how to repair it a little better. So ultimately, I would say a child needs to feel the benefits of what communication can do for them. You know, it can give them choices. It can meet their needs and wants. It can help them self-regulate and communicate their emotions. So whether a child is verbal, whether they're using a communication device, those opportunities for practice are absolutely critical, as is ensuring a positive and successful association with communication. Now, all of those tips I have summarized and I have placed them in a link within the show notes. So please do check out the chataboutchildren.com website to access those tips within our show notes. Also, to find out more about the stages of communication development, I know that you know, obviously the Chat About Children podcast, we are referring to or addressing parents, carers and professionals who work with children predominantly between birth and 12 years of age. So if you did want to find out more about communication stages of development, you can certainly visit the Talking Heads speech pathology website, talkingheads.net.au. And there we have a free checklist for zero to six-year-olds that outlines all the different stages of communication if you're wanting a little bit more info about your child's general communication development. Now, these checklists can also be purchased for our educators listening I know they're a hugely popular resource. They're purchased in bulk for centres and for different education facilities. So if you're in that category and you'd like to look at those checklists for your centre, please do look at the Chat About Children website as well and check out the, both the toddler checklists and the kindergarten checklists. Now, I know I'm going on about different checklists and products and links and all of that kind of thing, but it is Speech Pathology Awareness Week. So I kind of feel like I do want to provide you with as much access to resources as I can. So just two more quick ones. Be aware that also on the Chat About Children site, there is a free ebook on the six steps to boost your child's first words. And there is also a free ebook on the four power tools to getting your child ready to read, spell and write. Now, for more general information about speech pathology, you can certainly check out Speech Pathology Australia website. A lot of the information today on communication disability and on tips for successful communication, they have come from the Speech Pathology Australia site. Of course, you can also check out your Speech Pathology Association in the country of your location. So that pretty much wraps up today's episode, the special episode honoring speech pathology awareness week. I thank you so much for your attention. I do encourage you to leave a rating and review and to share this episode with anyone you know will benefit from it. I do celebrate you and I look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestelic www.chataboutchildren.com.